ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الامين ثم اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. We're continuing going over the tremendous book by the Fadilat al-Shaykh al-Alama Imam bin Baz rahimahullahu ta'ala. The book which is entitled Durus al-Muhimmah li'amit al-Ummah. Important lessons for the general masses of the, the Ummah, of the Muslim body. We have reached the section which deals with al-Ihsan and this is Dars al-Khamis. This is the fifth lesson from these important lessons. And when it comes to these important lessons, I stress and I want to reiterate that it is incumbent that we take them extremely seriously because it is incumbent that we know our deen and we have understanding of our deen and that we commit ourselves to benefiting ourselves and enriching ourselves. And from the manner and the ways and the means in which we will accomplish this, is by seeking knowledge and implementing the knowledge that we learn by acting in accordance to the knowledge that we learn and by calling others to it and by being patient upon the harms that may come while calling others to it encouraging others to it while being patient upon implementing it by being patient upon seeking it so on and so forth on all of the levels that patience is required Imam bin Baz rahimahullah ta'ala he says Ad-Dars al-Khamis the fifth lesson the fifth lesson Al-Ihsan dealing with Al-Ihsan now Ihsan is translated as doing things in a goodly fashion in a most excellent of manners so on and so forth and to con- to translate the concept of Al-Ihsan we're going to leave it in the Arabic without trying to find a one-word translation for it so that we better understand it by understanding its concept and what it is. And thus, yani, we will have a better understanding bithnilahi ta'ala. The, the Imam, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he says, uh, ihsan the pillar of ihsan. And he's speaking in reference now, meaning pillar, meaning from the pillars of the deen, from the categories and the pillars of the deen, as we'll come to see, inshallah ta'ala, or from the levels of the deen, as we'll come to soon see, inshallah ta'ala. The Imam says, Ruknul Ihsan wa huwa, that Ihsan, and verily it is, and ta'budullaha ka'annaka tarah, fa'illam takun tarah, fa'innahu yarak, is to worship Allah. As if you see him, and even though you do not see him, 
then verily he sees you, meaning verily you know, you acknowledge, you perceive the reality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sees you. The Fadilat al-Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Razak, Hafidhullah ta'ala, he mentions, he says, Al-Ihsan a'la rutub al-Din, that Ihsan is the highest level of the religion. Ihsan is the highest level of the religion. وَأَرُفَعُهَا and it's, it's most lofty and elevated level. فَإِنَّ الدِّينَ ثَلَاثَ ثَلَاثَ مُرَاتِبٍ Because the religion is three different levels. The religion is three different levels. أَعْلَاهَا The highest level is الْإِحْسَانِ It's the highest. And then under it ثُمَّ Second. Yeah, so إِحْسَانِ Meaning the third, the highest level. And then under it ال is الْإِيمَانِ And then the first level under that is Al-Islam. So the levels of the religion, they are three. The first is Islam. The second is Iman. And the third is Al-Ihsan. The third and the highest level. وَقَدْ بُيِّنَتْ هَذِهِ الْمُرَاتِبِ الثَّلَاثَةِ and these three different levels have been clearly explained in the famous hadith, the hadith of Jibreel. The hadith that we had taken some time ago in the 40 hadith class. And we went over it to some level of detail therein. However, as a reminder, the Shaykh mentions here, حيث قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said لما قال له جبريل when جبريل عليه السلام he said unto him أخبرني عن الإسلام inform me about Islam فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الإسلام أن تشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطعت إليه سبيلا that the Prophet ﷺ, he responded to Jibreel. When Jibreel ﷺ, he asked him, and what is, or inform me about Islam. Inform me about Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Islam is to testify and bear witness that nothing has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. To establish the prayer. To pay the zakat. To fast Ramadan. And to make hajj to the house. For those who have the ability to do so. And to make hajj to the house. For those who have the ability to do so. Naam. Then the next question. Or the next request from Jibreel. To the Prophet ﷺ was. Inform me about Iman. What is Iman? And to me Billah. وملائكته وكتبه ورسله ويوم الآخر والقدر خيره وشره It is to believe in Allah, in His angels, in His books, in His messengers, in the last day, and to believe in قدر, the good and bad of it. نعم. And then after that, Jibreel عليه الصلاة والسلام, the next request to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, was about Al-Ihsan. So he asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, فَخْبِرَنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ 
So inform me about Ihsan. To which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said, And Ta'budullaha ka'annaka tarah, fa'in lam takun tarah, fa'innahu yarak. To worship Allah as if you see him, and if you do not see him, you have yet to see him, na'am, then verily Allah sees you. Then verily Allah sees you. Then the Prophet وسلم, he said at the end of the hadith. At the end of the hadith. So this is just uh, some synapses from the uh, from the hadith or some excerpts from the from the hadith. It's not in the whole of the hadith. But at the end of the hadith, fast forward now to the end of the hadith and how we know that these three things in which Jibreel alayhi salatu salam he requested and asked the Prophet ﷺ about and requested information about them from the Prophet ﷺ so as to teach those who are in attendance, those who are listening and all of the Muslims was what? was to teach us our deen so he asked about these three different things, these three different levels Al-Islam, Wal-Iman, Wal-Ihsan and then at the end of the hadith the Prophet ﷺ he said فَإِنَّهُ جِبْرِيلٌ أَتَاكُمْ يُعَلِّمُكُمْ دِينَكُمْ the verily that is Jibreel he came to to teach you your religion that is Jibreel he came to you so as to teach you your religion. Naam. So we understand from this that what that, that which was asked about in this hadith is that which is the summary of the religion. And it outlines and it highlights the levels of the religion. And in that hadith, they were mentioned three levels. Those three levels, they were first, Al-Islam, then Al-Iman, then Al-Ihsan. Naam. Three levels. Al-Islam, the first level. Al-Iman, the second level. Al-Ihsan, the third and the highest level. Naam, the third and the highest level. Al-Sheikh Abdul Razak, Ta'ala, he goes on and he says, فَعُلِمَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ أَنَّ دِينَنَا ثَلَاثُ مُرَاتِبُ He says, so thus we learned from that, that our religion is three different levels our religion three different levels the first level is what and I'm pausing so as to give the viewer the listener time to answer to themselves the first level is what Islam but the second level is what Iman Naam. And the third level is what? Ihsan. Naam. Ihsan. And again, I encourage everyone to bring a pen and a paper to class, to have a notebook, um, whether that notebook is traditional or digital, either or is fine. It's fine. But to have a notebook because from classes like when you're reading just like when you're also listening to lectures what you really benefit from it are the notes in which you take from it now that's what you really benefit from it those notes that you take and when you summarize what was mentioned in the class by summarizing the proofs and the evidences meaning that you have mentioned that this hadith was mentioned there so in this class for example you could say the hadith of Jibreel was mentioned Naam. 
um, the levels of e, uh, the levels of the dean were spoken about. The levels of the dean are three. The first of them is Islam. The second is Iman. The third is Ihsan. So on and so forth. This is what you hold on to. Right. Because there are going to be more things mentioned in the class and there. You know, I'm going to mention other things and the sheikh is going to mention other things. But typically what you write down in your notes is that which, which you hold on to. That's what you have. Right. That's that is what you retain. Most of the time, there's a lot of information that comes across in lectures and classes, uh, so on and so forth. And what you really hold on to, what you really retain are those notes in which you have taken. That's what you hold on to and that's what you retain. And then if you go a step further and you write a short summary of the highlighting points from the class and you write that in your own words as you have understood it based upon the information that was contained therein, then that's going to help your understanding. That's going to help your understanding. That what you hold on to is that in which you produce, for lack of a better term, or if that you know, even makes sense. But that work that you put in for the notes and so on and so forth, that's what you hold on to. That's what you retain. That's that's what you're going to remember more so than not. There may be a isolated point from here or there in the class that you may hold on to, but more so what you're going to hold on to is the work that you put into the class after the class. Those notes that you put together, that outline that you put together, you know, um, that... Uh, you know, that diagram that you made based upon the information that are contained in the class, that's what you're going to hold on to because everyone learns differently. So if you're a person that you're more of a visual learner, then it benefits you now in your notes, not just to write in, in bullet points, but to make a diagram, to put Islam, put it in a box and then make a line. Right. And uh, excuse me to put uh, the dean, right? The dean, for example. Right. And then you make a line and then you put uh, Islam. They make another line and put that in the box, make another line and you put Iman. They make another box and you put that, you know, a line and make another box around and you put Ihsan. So you can see that the dean breaks down to three different categories and you have this diagram that visually, you know, captures the information that will help you better remember it if you're a person that learns in that fashion and if you're a person that doesn't learn in that fashion and you like bullet points by you writing it down that's repetition now it's going to help you memorize it so if a person comes a week from now and they say or yeah, I mean, two weeks from now and they say the dean of islam it breaks down into how many categories right or how many levels are in the dean of islam you could say three levels now I'm three, but in the actual, what, 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 where's that extracted from? Where's the proof from that? Remember now, you wrote in your book, um, Hadith Jibril. Put a star next to it or something like this. Hadith Jibril. Extracted proof evidence from Hadith Jibril. So it's quick. Hadith Jibril. Even if you didn't memorize the whole of the Hadith, you know where the proof is located. Where is it? Hadith Jibril. It's all right there in your mind now. Nice little summary. That's how you hold on to it. That's how you benefit. The Shaykh, he goes on. He mentions that the deen it breaks down into three different categories: Islam, Iman, Ihsan. Uh, this another a note for the uh, another point for the notes, and at the and at the highest level of the deen that it is Ihsan. This is the highest level of the deen. The highest, يعني, uh, yeah, highest level is Ihsan. Now, and it's an important point now. La yumkin. And يَبْلُغَ هَذِهِ الْمَرْتَبَةِ حَتَّى يُتِمَّ الْإِسْلَامِ ثُمَّ الْإِيمَانِ And you won't reach this level of Ihsan 
until you first have completed the first two levels. Naam. So you're not going to reach the level of Ihsan until you've completed the level of, of Islam. And then Al-Iman. And then Ihsan. Then you can reach Ihsan. Naam. So Islam, Islam is the first of the levels that we submit ourselves into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Muslims. That we submit ourselves. Naam. But, and I'll, yeah, for homework, for homework now, go and, 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 and to dig more into what is the meaning of Islam, naam, what is the meaning of Iman, so on and so forth. Now, here it is. Had you taken notes or if you took notes for the Hadith of Jibreel from the other class, naam, then in your notes, you will already have that information. You will already have that information. Naam. So if you took notes, all you got to do is go back to your notes and refer to your notes. If you didn't take notes, then the advice would be to go back to those classes or it's like, right? It doesn't have to be from the the, the, the series that I went over. But the series that any yani, Sunni Salafi Ethni went through, right? Because I'm not encouraging you to take from any Bid'i, Mubtada'i, la, la, la. Any person upon Sunnah. Any person Sunni Salafi, but and they explained and went over yani, the Hadith Jibril and they brought that information. Fine, go there, it's no problem, you know. Um, and take notes on that so that you have a better understanding, inshallah ta'ala. And, and like this, you can you can you could uh hold on to uh and retain uh the ilm. Based on this concept, that what. That in order to reach the level of Ihsan, you have to first have completed the first two levels of Islam and Iman. So therefore, I want you to understand this concept now. Therefore, the ulama, they have said, Kullu muhsin mu'min muslim. That every muhsin, every person who has reached the level of Ihsan. And I want you to understand this now purely in these terms. Okay. A muhsan is the one who has reached the level of ihsan. Mu'min here is referred to those who have reached the level and completed the level of iman. And Muslim are those who have reached the level of Islam. Now, have reached the level of Islam. Of, of Islam. So I want you to understand it in that sense. I want you to understand it what in that sense. So every muhsan is a mu'min. And a Muslim. Every Muhsin is a person who has already reached the level of Islam naam, and the level of Iman. So now they have reached the level of, of Ihsan. So they're Muhsin. Okay? لِأَنَّهُ لَا يُمْكِنْ أَنْ يَبْلُغَ مَرْتَبَةِ الْإِحْسَانِ حَتَّى يُتَمِّمَ الْإِسْلَامُ وَالْإِيمَانِ Because it is not possible to reach the level of ihsan before completing the levels of islam and iman so therefore laysa kullu mu'min muhsina so therefore not every believer is a muhsin meaning what not everyone who has reached the level of iman has reached the level of ihsan walaysa naam فَلَيْسَ كُلُّ مَنْ بَلَغَ دَرَجَةَ الْإِيمَانِ يَبْلُغُ دَرَجَةَ الْإِحْسَانِ لِأَنَّ دَرَجَةَ الْإِحْسَانِ أَعْلَى وَأَرْفَعْ 
not everyone who reaches the level of Iman reaches the level of Ihsan because the level of Ihsan is the highest and the most lofty. It's the highest and the most lofty. Naam. So now let us better understand what is Ihsan. Because this is the most highest. This is the the the, the, the top level. Yeah? This is the pinnacle of what it is to be a believer that you reach the level of Ihsan. Naam. And without having goals, you know, how are you going to progress? If you don't have any goals, you know, it's like walking around without a destination. How are you going to get anywhere? Got to have goals. So as a believer, our goal, it should be to reach this level of Ihsan and take a vested interest in reaching that level of Ihsan and doing those things that are needed and necessary to reach that level of Ihsan. طيب. The Shaykh, he mentions, he says, وَالْإِحْسَانِ هُوَ إِتْقَانِ وَالْإِجَادِ فِي تَتْمِيمِ الْعَمَلِ وَتَكْمِيلِهِ حَتَّى He said it is that an individual comes and they bring excellence. They bring a degree, a high degree of excellence. And they complete the action in a most outstanding manner. And in a most complete manner until they reach this high level lofty level of ihsan wa ruknun wahid and ihsan is only one pillar right is only one pillar like the pillars of islam the arkan islam are five okay the arkan iman the pillars of iman then they are six but the pillars of ihsan then they are one it's one okay so it has one pillar and that pillar is as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said and ta'budu allaha ka'annaka tarah fa'in lam takun tarah fa'innahu yarak that is that the worship of Allah is if you see him naam and if you do not see him then verily he sees you you know you understand he sees you naam muraqaba naam that you know that he sees you this is muraqaba to worship Allah is if you see him this is mushahada if you go back to those other classes, then you should have notes on what is mushahada, what is muraqaba. So I will leave that for homework because if you heard it then passively and you didn't retain it, right? Then if you hear it now again passively, you're probably not going to retain it either. Okay? And a lot of times that which we have to research and have to find and discover is that which sticks with us. So homework is to go back and to review those classes for those two concepts inshallah ta'ala and then you and uh inshallah ta'ala um i think that would be more beneficial for you overall in your studies the shaykh he was on he says for who ihsan is the worship of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa taqarrubun and to seek to draw near unto allah jalla wa ala ma'a ihsan uh, while this individual is bringing forth the worship in the most excellent of manners and while they are worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best of ways and how is this done then this is there, there are a number of yani, uh, aspects and components that are needed to reach this level and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon this level uh, 
that a person, when they're worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they acknowledge, they perceive that what they are doing, they are doing it to seek nearness unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So, and I want you to have this in mind, that in addition because there are a lot of aspects that are needed. Because remember, this is al-ihsan. That you're doing the action in the most perfect of manners. So let's take the salah for an example. Let's take the salah for an example. Right? Before mentioning this point, let's go back to the mechanics of the salah. Because remember, it's worshipping Allah in the most excellent of manners. So with the prayer as an example, this means that a person is going to pray precisely. I'm talking about the mechanics of the prayer. Precisely the way the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to pray Implementing the command of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli Pray as you see me praying So that means that Now you see the balance, right? Why right? this is a high level That means that an individual will have to have a concern To know the fiqh of the prayer Which means they will have to have a concern to know the fiqh Of everything that is connected to the prayer So the ahkam al-tahara the ahkam of purification, of wudu, tayammum, ghusl, so on and so forth. You have to know all of that because all that is connected to the prayer. Because the, the uh, tahara is the miftah, is the key to the prayer. Without yani, uh, a person being pure, being purified, then there's no, there's, there's no salah. So you have to know what, what, are, what are the yani, uh, shurut of, of wudu, what are those things that nullify the wudu? What are those yani, needed and, uh, aspects and components of the wudu? What are those uh, recommended components of the wudu? So on and so forth. You have to know all of that. right? You have to have a concern and know all of that. Then as, as far as the prerequisites of the salat, the shurut salat, which is the next chapter. Now nah, it was the next chapter. But, but you have to know what are the shurut of the salat? What are the arkan of the salat? What are the wajibat of the salat? And so on and so forth. You have to know all of these things. Right? Um, and then how you perform them, yeah. How how you perform them, the adhkar of the of, of the prayer, the yani uh, the different supplications and the different positions of the prayer. You have to learn those things, ma'am. And um, from the excellence of learning those things, are that whenever there comes from the sunnah multiple ways of doing something, right? Then you learn each of those ways and you interchange them, right? So for the du'a al-istiftah. In the salat, the opening du'a, there are uh, more than one supplication that comes in the sunnah. So then you have to learn them. Sometimes use this one, sometimes use that one, right? When it comes to the different positions in the prayer, there are different supplications that are connected to those positions. So then you are to learn each of those positions and sometimes say this and sometimes say that, so on and so forth. All of this enters into perfecting your prayer. Naam. Also, while perfecting the prayer and all the mechanics of the prayer, the motions of the prayer, what is said inside the prayer, right? The tajweed of the Quran, because that yeah, you, you recite the Quran when you pray. So then you have to have a concern for tajweed, that you recite the Quran correctly, that you pronounce the letters correctly, that the letters come from their makharij, that you uh, apply the rules of tajweed upon the letters when you're reciting, so on and so forth. All of this enters into perfection of the prayer. Okay? And then also... With all that being said, and there are more things that are linked to that, so just yeah, I mean, use that as a frame of reference. But with all of that that is linked to the, 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 the physical mechanics of the prayer, then at the same time, as the Shaykh he mentions, you have to you have to perceive, you have to acknowledge that what? That you are doing this to draw near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're praying this prayer to draw near unto Allah because you're seeking Allah's pleasure. 
Now, this is not something you just stand up and you, you make takbir and you're not really focused and, and contemplating and aware of what you're doing. But you're perceiving inside of the prayer itself, I am trying to seek near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am praying unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I acknowledge, I see, I realize that what I'm striving to seek near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, each, each and every one of us, for, for us here, and I'm pretty sure most yeah, everywhere now on the East Coast, right, is Dhuhr, right? It's a time of Dhuhr. So we pray Dhuhr before class began. Okay, and many of you, yeah, uh, probably in the same situation that you pray Dhuhr slightly before the class and the like. But, um, so we always need to ask ourselves, when we pray just now for Dhuhr, um, did we perceive this? Were we praying for Dhuhr? Right, and the whole time we acknowledged, I'm seeking to draw near unto Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That's a question for every, and you know, because every one of us has to work on ourselves, and this is something that is very important because one of the things that Shaytan does is that he distracts us from that which will really benefit us, and he preoccupies us with things that have little to no benefit for us. That's what Shaytan does. That's his main thing. You know, his thing is if you want to do something, then he want to get you to do something that's wrong. If you don't want to do something that's wrong, then and you and you persist upon doing something that's right, then he's gonna to try to get you to do something that's right, but it has a less benefit than what can really be beneficial for you, right? That's 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 his main you know uh, tactic is to distract you. Right. So instead of doing that, which will get you, for example, and it's a simple example, doing that, which will get you 10 points. Like if you if you persist, you want to get points. All right. Then I'm going to have you focus in on something that only gets you a point and a half or only something that gets you a half a point or a quarter of a point. Don't do that. Then it gets you on 10 points. Not because I don't really want you to get points anyway. That's that's the Shaytan's outlook. You understand? So you have to be very concerned and you have to know your enemy. Shaitan is our enemy. We have to know how he comes at us, right? So with that being the case, if we know he wants to distract us from that which really benefits us, then we have to constantly be striving and re-asking ourselves, where do I get the most benefit from? Where do I get the most benefit from? What's going to benefit me personally the most, right? Because at, at the end of the day, each one, each one has to be concerned with their own personal growth and benefit, and we have to be concerned with the benefit of others. But just like on the airplane, if they tell you if we lose cabin pressure, if we lose cabin pressure, right? Um, and the oxygen mask come down. What do they tell you? Put on your mask first and secure it before you try to help others. Now, put on your mask first and secure it before you try to help others. And that's the reality. Now, we have to clean our hearts. We have to clean our souls. You understand? That's like an individual cleaning up somebody else's house while their house is still dirty. We're concerned that other people's houses are clean. But what makes more sense is that we start by cleaning up our house too. We clean our house first. Then we help you clean up your house. Right? So what sense is going to make for me to help you clean your soul and I'm not worrying about my soul? Help you clean your heart. I'm not worried about my heart. We have to be concerned with helping our hearts get clean. And other people's hearts get clean. You understand? Just like when it comes to working. Uh, you, you know, So on and so forth. Now, 
you you want to see others get paid, but at the same time, you want to get paid too, right? You don't work for free, do you? I don't work for free. No one I, I know works for free. You want to get paid, but you also want to make sure your coworker they get their check too. They get their they get their right uh, uh, due as well. So we have to be concerned with what's going to benefit us. So when I say this, I don't want people to step back and say, well, that sounds kind of selfish. Well, I mean, yeah, you want to be selfish to a certain extent because on the day of judgment, it's going to be what? Nefsi, nefsi. Okay, so prepare yourself for that situation. Prepare yourself for that time when you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by yourself. Now, if you didn't get yourself right, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, when you stand in front of your Lord, your Qiyamah, you in trouble. So prepare for that meeting. Make sure you are prepared. And at the same time, help others get prepared. So the point is, is that we got to focus in on things that are, that are yani, related to us. Now, when it comes to things that benefit us as individuals, how keen are we on them? When it comes to, for example, like what was mentioned, the difference of the car inside of the prayer. Do yani how, how well versed are we when it comes to them? When it comes to the avkar of the day and the night, the avkar, the the, the 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 supplications we say at the two ends of the day. How keen are we? How many of them do we know? How many of them are we constant on and implementing? So on and so forth. The different situations in life, the different avkar, then what's to be said in that situation? How how well grounded are we with with, with, with regards to, to to these things? Because these things are benefit for us. These things are from those things that clean the heart, that cleanse the heart, that clean the soul. Right? Reading the Quran. Knowing how to read it and so on and so forth. How, how keen are we upon these things? These things are very important. Knowing and understanding and contemplating of the meanings of the Quran. So we understand and we know the tafsir for those things that we recite and we contemplate over it. That's what's going to change your position. That's what's going to change your condition. That's what's going to change you. That's what's going to clean your heart. That's what's going to clean your soul. That's what's going to take that person that in Jahiliyyah was a criminal to now being a righteous and outstanding individual. Why? Because he understands. He understands the meanings of Surah yani, Al-Bayyina uh, 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 yeah, Surah Al-Qari'ah al, 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 al For example So on and so forth Surah Zalzala He understands the meanings of it Surah Tanaba He understands the meanings of it Surah Tul-Mulk He understands the meanings of it That's what's going to that's, that's what's going to change a person That's what's going to change an individual That's what's going to have a lasting effect upon an individual Because he knows I'm going to stand in front of my Lord I'm going to stand in front of Allah There's going to come a day of judgment I'm going to be judged And based upon what I did in this life I'm either going to go to the Jannah Or I'm going to go to the hellfire Preparing for that That's what helps changes in individual changes situations But if we are not concentrating on those things That will really benefit us Then how are we going to benefit If we are not concentrating on the likes of these things How are we going to come to each act of worship Understanding that we are doing this to draw near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that brings us to the next point. So when we do the worship, when you have ihsan, when you reach a level of ihsan, you're performing the worship and you acknowledge and you know that you're doing it to seek near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, wa muraqabatihi. Naam. And that you acknowledge, you sense, you know, you are aware that Allah is watching you. Allah is watching you. He's looking at you. He hears what you're saying. He knows what is in the innermost portion of your soul. And that which is even more hidden. Allah knows. 
So you're aware that you're under that Allah is watching you. That you acknowledge that Allah is watching you when you perform this act of worship. Because when you when 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 you acknowledge that Allah is watching you, you perform the act of worship in the most outstanding manner. You understand? Like also wa mujahada. يعني مجاهدة تيه لنفسه على تكميلها وتتميمها حتى تبلغ أعلى رتبة. Is that an individual strives, fights, right? Individual strives and fights. Let me ask you a question. When last time you been in a fight? When last time you been in a fight? Each each and every one of us should be like you know just a few seconds ago, a few moments ago, right? Today, last time you was in a fight. Today, a fight with who? Fight against who? Yourself. When last time you fought yourself? When last time you fought yourself to power through and to excel in doing an act of worship? When the last time you fought yourself to stay away from an act of disobedience? When's the last time you fought yourself to do what is right and to not do what's wrong? That's that's constant. We got to be fighting ourselves and we have to have that understanding that we have to fight ourselves to excel and doing acts of worship. Right. To go that extra mile and yani, in accordance to the sunnah. I ain't saying outside the sunnah. Going outside the sunnah is not going an extra mile. No, that's like walking into the door and then jumping out the window. That defeats the purpose. It's counterproductive. I'm saying in, in, in within the uh, limits of the sunnah. When have you gone? When have you sought to excel? To pray that prayer better? Huh? To fast that fast better? Huh? To read just one more page of Quran. Maybe another one more page. Like this. When the last time you had that conversation with yourself? You know how individuals when they work out? And they, and they get their reps in. And at the last rep they say give me one more. Give me one more. Right? And you do it, you encourage because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to bulk up, you're trying to, you know, and so on and so forth, right? But when's the last time you had that attitude, you had that understanding when it comes to your ibadah, when it comes to your deen? You understand? These things are, are very important. So to fight against yourself, ma'am. Okay. Ma'am. The last time to. To fight against, nah, my dear. To fight against yourself, ma'am. When's the last time we, we 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 have done that? So it is incumbent and it is important that we strive hard and we fight ourselves and command from ourselves and demand from ourselves excellence. Nam, excellence. But the Sheikh he goes on to mention, he says, so that we can reach this highest level, we can reach this highest level of excellence. Nam, be an yabdullah ta'ala ala hadihi sifa, that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon this description. Istihbar Qurbihi and it is to know and acknowledge that he is close. Naam 
is to is to know and to acknowledge that Allah Ta'ala, He is close to His slaves. He watches them. He sees them. It is to know that the slave He knows that He that yani that 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 huwa wa yadayhi, and that He knows that He is in front of Allah Azawajal. So He feels He He feels the closeness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, doing the action to draw near unto Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. He perceives within Himself that that He is in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. كَأَنَّكَ يَرَاهُ كَأَنَّهُ يَرَاهُ as if He sees Him. As if he sees Allah Azza wa Jal. Naam. As if he sees Allah Azza wa Jal that he's worshipping upon this manner. وَذَلِكَ يُوْجِبُ And this requires khashya. Naam. Now, what is khashya? Khashya is a knowledge-based fear. Is a fear that one has of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala based upon ilm. Based upon knowledge, naam. And in order to have this fear of Allah subhanahu wa taala, then a person has to have what ilm. He has to have knowledge. Has to learn about Allah azza wa This is from how a person gets better. This is how we personally, yani, enrich and better ourselves. Is by what? Is by learning about Allah subhanahu wa taala. Learning about His names. Learning about His attributes. How many names of Allah can you recite right now off the top of your head? How many from those names do you know the meaning of those names? Naam. How many of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can you rattle off the top of your head? And the implications of those, yani, those attributes. Naam. And, and what that should translate into as far as your actions. Because when you know that Allah ta'ala, who is Samir, he is the all hearer. And you acknowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the characteristic, he has the attribute of being all hearing. Then as an individual, that knowledge now for you to translate into what? Now I need to watch what I say. Because Allah ta'ala, he hears everything. I need to watch what I say. I need to watch what I think. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears everything, knows everything. So the whispers to myself, Allah knows that. He hears that. I need to watch what I say. I need to watch the whispers to myself. You understand? Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is the all-hearer. Naam. So the more we learn about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, then the more khashya we will have from, from, for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And this is why Allah Ta'ala, He says, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَى اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ that verily those who truly fear Allah from his slaves are who? The ulama. Because khushya is based upon what? Ilm. Knowledge. Okay. So with that being the case now, then what are from those things that will benefit you, that will enrich your life and your condition is what? Seeking knowledge. Naam. Seeking knowledge. Learning. Reading. Studying. Taking notes. Reviewing. Memorizing. Asking questions, seeking to understand, traveling to the ulama, to learn, to seek knowledge, so on and so forth. Naam. It's very important. Where's the next generation of, of Muslims? Where are the callers? Where are the next generation of Muslim callers? Where are the next generation of, 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 of scholars, of ulama, of talibat of, al-ilm, of students of knowledge and of scholars and so on and so forth? Where's that next generation? Naam. Young man so-and-so has aspirations of going to such and such a college and, be, and, and getting a degree in engineering. This other one, he want to be a doctor. This one, he want to be a pharmacist. This one, he want to be, he want to be, he want to be, he want to be. Okay, who's going to teach the next generation they, 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 their deen? Who's going to teach them and educate them about their religion? 
Who has a concern to go seek knowledge? Who's gonna who's gonna memorize the Quran? Yani have the children memorize the Quran, teaching them the Quran, tafsir Quran, ahkam Quran, ahkam of tajweed, so on and so forth. Who, who's gonna do that? Where's the next generation? This is from that which will benefit you as an individual and will benefit the ummah. Okay? Where are the next generation of authors that will author books explaining to the people their religion? Where are they? Where are they? Do we think they just pop out of nowhere? Huh? Do we think they just pop out of nowhere? Do we think it spontaneously happens? A person opens up a YouTube channel and they get a YouTube account and they put on a camera and then now all of a sudden, boom, they can talk about Islam. You see, that's the problem. We got too many fools talking about Islam and know what they're talking about. They shouldn't be talking to begin with. Why? Because they have not classically studied. They have not sought knowledge. The one who is deprived of something can't give it. If you don't have knowledge, how are you going to convey knowledge? If I don't have a dollar, I can't give you a dollar. Before I can give you a dollar, I got to get me some dollars, right? Before you can, can, can yani, disseminate knowledge, you have to what attain knowledge. And that doesn't come by just reading a couple books and looking at people on YouTube. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Knowledge is sought by, by taking it from its people, from the ulama, from their students, learning. The same way learning has taken place from the beginning. And is not is not measured is not measured by degrees. No, let's be real about this. It's not measured by a degree. What's the proof? It's not measured by a degree. Is that what? Is that this degree system? This yani yani madrasa academia, academic type of learning and system. This comes from who? The West. This comes from the West. This was not the traditional system of the Muslims. We had ulama. We had ulama. Way before the concept of a PhD reached the Muslims. Now, granted, no doubt, no one's going to argue the history. That the structured school system and the first universities and all that type of stuff. Yes, that came from us. That came from the Muslims. But my point is, is that it was a situation that was built upon an individual grasping and attaining the knowledge. Not that you survived a course and you barely passed and then now you move on. No, it was you had to master whatever the, the topic was before you can move on. The early man from the past, if a person would come to them and say, I want to seek knowledge of hadith. Right? They will say, have you finished the Quran? If the person say no, they say, go finish the Quran and come back. If they came back and said, now I'm finished memorizing the Quran, they will give them a rigorous test on the Quran. If they pass it, they say, okay, now you can study Hadith. So this is what I mean, is that you will master and then you will move on to the next level. But in the European system of learning, is it like that? No. If you hang around, if you show that you can hang in there long enough and you can pass with at D minus, at the very least, then you could move on to the next level. So how many individuals now who have gotten degrees in this and that and really they're not worth their weight in salt? You understand? How many individuals you hear them speak about the deen and then you see all these acclinades and all of these letters in front of their names and so on and so forth. And you say to yourself, it doesn't seem it's not matching. 
These letters in front of your name, I'm expecting a certain level from you, and I'm not, I'm not even seeing or hearing that. So then what, what, what good is your degree? What good is your degree? Do you understand? It's when it comes to the the, the 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 dean. It's about attaining knowledge, not about that you that you that you survived a course and now you have gotten your little piece of paper and it say your name and it say that you did whatever course and so on and so forth. That's not how knowledge is measured. And what is a, and what is the obvious proof of that? That that's not how knowledge is measured. Is that what is that we had knowledge? We were known for knowledge as Muslims in the Muslim lands way before this concept of bachelors and masters and PhD even came to us like that. Look at Imam Al Albani. Imam Al Albani did he have a PhD? He didn't even have a bachelor's degree. Did he have a bachelor's degree? But who was he? And look at how many people with PhDs. Yani, or nothing compared to Imam Al-Albani. Look at Imam bin Baz, Rahmatullah alayhima. Did he have a PhD? No, he did not. And he's what? Who's Imam bin Baz? Naam. Look at Al-Alama, Muhammad, Al-Ethiopi. Hamidullah ta'ala. Does he have a PhD? No, but he is an alim from the biggest scholars of the world right now. Who's still alive? Hamidullah ta'ala. He, the Shaykh, he even mentioned, he said, I wouldn't even waste my time to pursue a PhD. He said, for what? When I have attained a level of knowledge that is higher than everybody in my country that has a PhD. And he didn't say that boasting and bragging. He was just speaking about the reality of the situation. That for him and his situation, it's a complete waste of time. There is no upside in it for him. When it comes to what? The attainment of knowledge. So, seeking knowledge is how we benefit. Where the future students where the future ulama because reality of it is, is that if, if, if you if you have yet to become a student you're never going to be a scholar you're going to jump over being a student and now you're a scholar it doesn't work like that you got to be a student first so where the where the future students where are the youth where are you at youth where are you at those who want to go seek knowledge where if you want to reach this level of ihsan all of us we have to have ilm we have to have some knowledge in order to have khashya khawf and fear rahba and we have awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with ta'zeem. And we exalt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more ilm you have of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more you will be able to exalt him. Jalla wa'ala. Wa man kana kathalika faza bima'iyyatillah al-khasa. And whoever's like this, then they will benefit by having the specific ma'iyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ma'iyyah meaning that Allah who ta'ala is with you. So what is meant by the ma'iyyah al-khasa? Ma'iyyah al-khasa hiya lil-mu'mineen. The the, the, the specific ma'iyah, then that is for the believers. It's reserved for the believers. That ma'iyah, as the ulama, they explain. It includes, right, uh, that a person will have what's meant by ma'iyah, yani ma'iyatullah. It will meant that a person, they will have a nusrah. They will get the nusrah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know what nusrah is? Huh? Did you get that, that aid, that assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that results and lends to victory? Victory. For those who have reached this level, then they will have the nusra from, yani, they, 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 they will get nusra. They will get, yani, ta'yid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but tawfiq. They will get the assistance from Allah. They will get victory. Allah ta'ala will give them victory. Allah ta'ala will give them success and escape from those things that harm them, those things that are, uh, uh, yani, perilsome for them, so on and so forth. Naam, they will get tawfiq, success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this is reserved and Promise for those who have reached the level of Ihsan. 
They are promised with this. Allah Ta'ala, he says, and this is from the benefits of having Ihsan. Allah Ta'ala, he says, That Allah Ta'ala, he is with the ma'iyya khasa. That he is with those who have fear for him, those who have taqwa, and those who they are and have reached the level of Ihsan. Those who have reached the level of Ihsan. Naam, as it comes to Surah Al-Nahl, verse 128. That very Allah indeed is with those who have reached the level of Ihsan. And that's how I'm translating it. Naam, it's translated a lot of times as, 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 uh, as uh, good doers and, and so on and so forth. But what is meant, those who reach the level of Ihsan. Naam, that Allah Ta'ala is with them. The Ma'iyya Khasa. This ayah, Surah Ankabut, verse, seven, verse uh, 69. Now, also, and those who reach the level of Ihsan, they are promised what? That Allah will love them. That's what it's all about. Huh? As Sheikh Salah Aziz Al Sheikh, he, he, he often says, Laysa shan an tuhib, walakinna shan kulla shan an tuhib. It's not the issue that you love, that you love Allah. Everybody in their right mind loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not the issue. But rather the issue, all of the issue, is that Allah loves you. Is that you are loved. And to have, you are loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to be loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reach the level of ihsan. Allah will love you. Allah ta'ala, he says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ As it comes to Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 195, that verily Allah loves the good doers. That verily Allah loves, excuse me. See, I done did it. Right? Good doers? Yes, it means that. But what, what more specific to drill to point home? Those who have reached the level of ihsan. Allah loves those who have reached the level of Ihsan. Also, a person will benefit by reaching the level of, of Ihsan by having and being promised a tremendous reward. Allah Ta'ala, He says, As it comes in Surah Yunus, verse 26. That verily those who have reached the level of Ihsan, those who do well and reach the level of Ihsan, for them will be Husna, Al Husna, Al Jannah, and more. They will get Jannah and more. What's getting with that? Jannah and more? Really? What? That is the best thing that a person could ever hope and strive for is getting Jannah with more. Because that is for those whom Allah loves. That's for those whom Allah is pleased with. Naam. Right. Allah Ta'ala, He says, هَلْ جَزَاءُ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ and, and is the reward of excelling and being excellent except excellence? Is the reward for Ihsan except for Ihsan? Eh? مَنْ أَحْسَنَ أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْهِ Whoever does extremely well, Allah Ta'ala will reward them extremely well. Allah Ta'ala will treat them extremely well. وَفَازَ بِعَظِيمِ الثَّوَابِ وَالْجَمِيلِ الْمَآبِ وَالْرَفِيعِ الْمَنَازِلِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ A person who reaches the level of Ihsan, they will... Be they will have the success, yani they will be successful 
and getting a tremendously outstanding, mind-blowing reward that you can't really fully even imagine what it is. Now, the most beautiful of outcomes and the most highest levels on the day of judgment, Yom Qiyamah. Well, Ihsan, Rutbatun Aliyatun, Merutabilhadiddin, and uh, Ihsan is a very high level from the levels of this religion. La tanalu illa bisabr. You will not attain it except with patience. Well, mujahada and strive, mujahada in nafs, and you have to strive hard against yourself and for yourself. نعم كما قال الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم as Allah Ta'ala says in his noble book والذين جاهدوا فينا لا يهدينهم سبلنا that those who strive well those who exceed and they strive and they work hard and they grind and they they strive hard in our in يعني يعني in our cause for our sake then verily we will guide them to our ways we will indefinitely, most definitely, undoubtedly guide them to our ways. Inna Allah al-muhsinin. Verily, Allah is with those who have reached the level of ihsan. Naam, the aforementioned verse from Surah Ankabut, verse 69. Fal-ihsan mujahadatun lin-nafs. So, ihsan is striving for and against yourself. Naam, is striving for and against yourself. Wa musabara. And it is having patience, and it is controlling yourself, having control over oneself, right? And uh, control, restraint, right? So a person is patient, they have self-control, self-restraint, and they are preserving very diligently on the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمُدَاوَمَ مَعَ مُرَقَبَةً وَاَسْتِحْضَارُ قُرْبِ And they are consistently upon this coupled with knowing that Allah is watching them and thus they are acting in a manner that is befitting them understanding and realizing and perceiving that Allah is looking at them while perceiving that Allah is close, Allah's closeness, and doing things unto draw, doing things to draw near unto Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and all of that can be summed up. That whole concept could be summed up in what, and and and, and broken down into what? What's its description? Is as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam described it. And Ta'abudullah ka To worship Allah as if you see Him, and if you do not see Him, then you know He sees you. That sums it up. That's what Ihsan looks like. And then the Shaykh, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he goes on to the Shurut, the Dars As-Sadis, which is the Shurut of the Salat, the prerequisites of the Salat. But inshallah Ta'ala, we'll say that into the next class. And I apologize for the length, but I wanted to finish this particular point so we can move on to the Shurut of the Salat. فنكتفي بهذا القدر والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا